Hello, everyone, and welcome to POV with Key. I'm your host, Key, and this is a podcast where we talk about controversial topics from different perspectives. Um, today, we have a couple of special guests. First up, we have Brianna Felder. How are you doing, Bri? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so today's topic is racism. Uh, racism has obviously been a very big issue for centuries, from slavery, segregation, immigration, police brutality, and overall seeing minorities as a threat. Uh, racism has affected our nation astronomically. So my first question for you is, when did you first realize that racism was a big issue? Definitely when I was younger, I knew racism was a big issue. Um, It was pretty obvious that racism was a thing. But during school, when I would learn about the types of racism towards minorities, that's why I learned how big of an issue it actually was. Okay. When you say types, you mean like... um like police brutality and yes, then like definitely the seg- obviously like segregation right. yeah um growing up we were taught about the basis of racism such as slavery segregation how they were resolved uh do you think that we were censored from how bad it was back then for minorities most definitely the school system does not do a great job at educating us on racism because they don't want how do i say this they don't want us to know how bad it really was yeah like, it was terrible like they didn't tell us that black people were being hung exactly slavery and stuff, exactly and how like they were being whipped like we just taught like oh the basic like, underground railroad yeah um, they taught us they gave us a little light little like story on yeah. slavery segregation but yeah uh especially in, like the history books and stuff it's like yeah like they teach us like underground railroad um, during segregation, it was like black people had one thing, white people had another thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we don't know like all the yeah bad bad things. About yeah, it. no, they wouldn't show us that type of stuff. Like they didn't see us out here like teach us about lynching. Literally, like we didn't know all that. Literally, no, because I saw I heard that lynching was <laughs> legalized like last year, so I would walk around these streets lynchable. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So to continue, um, do you think that you were personally affected by racism? And if not, do you know someone that has been? Um, I personally have. I've never noticed. Like, I've been like, what's the word? You haven't been like, no, like personally attacked by a racist. You've been like racially profiled. Yeah, I never been, especially because of my skin color. I'm very light skin, so it's a, so that's kind of like like a benefit, I guess. Yeah, like. Like, there's, like, white privilege, but I also yeah. think there's also light skin privilege. Because you're darker than me, you're the first, you'll be the first one to yeah. be racially profiled than me. Especially when, like, in, like, the job fields, it's, like, yeah. they'll see our skin color, like, oh, they'll probably give you to the I'll more light skin because they think, like, oh, they're probably more educated or something. Exactly. Yeah, like, there's so, definitely that light skin, there's that divide between black people. Yeah, so, but yeah, me personally, as a light skin and be having a very protective lifestyle, I have not been racially profiled or anything yeah um how do you feel about our current president do you believe he benefited minorities throughout this presidency no definitely (laughs) not he attacked he has said many many times how he wants to attack minorities and it's pretty obvious that he is a racist yeah he's not even hiding it anymore not that he was from the jump 
I feel like he is still trying to hide the fact because he like if you like say to his face like oh you're racist he's like Yo, oh yeah of course I'm not racist I have so many black friends yeah. like that phrase I have so many black I have friends black friends so what all right it's like so how do you know how they feel about you maybe they think you're racist too. literally. And it's so, like, yeah, of course he'll deny it. They'll always deny it. Especially like during this time with like what just happened at the Capitol. So sorry about the interruption, but um, yeah, I definitely think that especially with like what happened at the Capitol this week. Yeah. That um like Trump really kinda took the like the Black Lives Matter protest and this protest with the Trump supporters differently. They handled it very differently. Yeah, because yes. like they stormed the Capitol very easily. A federal crime. A fe- like, not it's a federal, like a death penalty type ish. A governmental building. They yes. just like basically just walk through the front door. Literally. They literally walk. Like these buildings have like snipers on the roof. Yes. So the fact that like they no one was like no one was there to like stop this, I feel like that like that whole thing in the Capitol could have been prevented. And it's not even a thing where no one was there to stop it. They just didn't want to stop it. I literally saw a video of a cop waving them in yeah. to the Capitol, like, come mm-hmm. on in, open arms, we got a pot of coffee with you for you. It's like, the, <laughs> like, a lot of people, like, there wasn't that many injuries in there, but one, a woman died. Yeah, five people died. Five five people. Yes, five so, people yeah, it's like, those lives, they could have, they didn't have to die. They could have been, yeah. all that could have been prevented if our president took into consideration, like, how bad, like, like what he's saying affects people. Like his actions, what he says yeah. reflects people. Like on people's actions. Yes, exactly. Like everyone there's now an accessory to murder. Mm-hmm. Like if like murder was involved in this whole yeah. this whole thing, and it's and, like and it's like this thing started out as a peaceful protest. No, this it was, was a never. Riot. It was a riot. It was never. They came a, in like their guns blazing. And I saw some dude with a Viking helmet. Like no, they had Viking helmets. This dude was a Santa costume waving a knife. Literally, it's a like whole machete type thing. Nothing about what happened on um, at the Capitol was, was peaceful. peaceful. But back they said in a revolution. But back in like May and June, it was like. When we were Black Lives Matter, that protest was all peaceful, mm-hmm. but they had tear gas, mace, the FBI, the Rubber SWAT bullets. team, the army was in the streets. The National Guard. The national like they there had was all a this, war. They had all these precautions just because of what happened in um what was it? Target. A target when they looted a target. Yeah. But it's like we Target looted, even forgave us. Like they loot we we looted a target, they tried to burn down the Capitol. Literally. And so it's they like, stole stuff from there. They put a Confederate flag exact, in there and stuff. It's like that just shows like how divided I feel like Trump made our nation. Yeah. Because like, like if that was his response to a riot, then his response to the peaceful protest like that, mm-hmm. it kind of just showed like, bro, that like you're racist. It's pretty obvious now. Like, yeah, he doesn't care. Dude has like a week left. He needs to stop. Yeah. Get like, your affairs in order or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyways, racism. Um. So, as a student, we were told that we are the future. Um. Going forward, how would you like to see racism being dealt with in our society? Definitely better. That's the first step. Like mm-hmm. handle way better. Starting with police brutality. Mm-hmm. What was the question again? Um. Like how? How would you like to see racism like improve? Um, oh yeah, so forward. it's pretty obvious that the whole police force in America, like most of them are racist. So we first will start by defunding the police. Mm-hmm. That's step one. And when I say defunding the police, I don't mean like 
just take all their money and stuff. I yeah. mean, put their money and instead of buying cop Lamborghinis and like, like buy like 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 do like programs for them, like psychology programs, they could do that. Or like more um more which I don't know is it where this um like put their money somewhere else other than um than um for fancy and, gear and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like we don't they don't need jeeps. Weapons. We don't need that. They don't need jeeps to like drive around and like they just need the cop car. They need their like utilities, handcuffs, gun, all that. Mm-hmm. And then like like you said, like maybe a psychology program. Cause I just saw this one YouTube video where this guy he um he like did a little session with some cops and they was asking like it was with the minority too. So they were like ask the cops were asking questions, mm-hmm. saying like, oh how do we prevent a, from a, like a minority feeling threatened when they see a cop? And like they were like, oh just like stay calm, don't make it seem like you're like about to attack them. Don't put your hand on your gun, like. Could have to be really calm, like, okay, I pulled you over for this reason. Just, like, make sure they're aware of everything that's going on in the situation. How long was that video? It was, like, 10 minutes or something. I forgot how long. So, it, yeah, but 10 it was minutes. a good. It was a good, um, like, it was a good amount of time, but yeah. it was, like, a lot of information that the guy, like, it wasn't like he was, like, attacking them or, like, yeah, they, like, like, everyone was kind of, like, you know, there to listen, there to, edu- like, educate each other. Exactly. If a 10-minute video could change the perspective of cops that imagine a whole like thing happening yeah you know? okay so that is all the questions i have for you so far so thank you so much Brandon, for welcome, joining welcome. me today it was a pleasure um we're gonna take a small uh small break and then we have camilla mejia's coming up next so see you guys later okay so we are back with pov with key I'm your host, Key, and right now we have Camilla Mejia's with us. How are you doing, Cam? Hey! <laughs> All right, so I have a couple questions for you. Our topic for this podcast is racism. So when did you first realize that racism was a big issue? Um, I think entering high school, I would say. Um, I know that's, like, pretty late, uh, but I think growing up in Puerto Rico and stuff, obviously, like, I yeah. didn't know, and, like, they didn't really teach us that, um, like, racism and stuff, and then I came here, and middle school, like, I didn't really know either until, like I said, high school, and then, um, yeah, I would say high school, I don't really exactly remember when I was, like, oh, my God, this is racism, but all I remember was, like, okay, like, there are things that are wrong that you're not supposed to do against people and that you're not supposed to feel against people. And like, these are the consequences, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So you grew up in Puerto Rico. You were born and raised there. Um, And obviously you said that you were kind of, you didn't really know or much about it until you got to high school. So would you say that you were censored from how bad it, how bad it was here? Like how bad or how, um, like, you were censored from how bad it was for minorities here in America? Um, I 100% believe so, because um, even with, like, the whole, like, Christopher Columbus thing, like, I, re- I remember, like, learning in school about it and then praising Christopher Columbus and learning about how he, like, yeah. discovered America and how great he was, like, in when third he founded grade. it. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so he's, like, this person who, like, 
created the world, you know? Yeah. And then my whole life in Puerto Rico was like so many people glamorizing like America and be like, oh, you, there's over there is so good, blah, 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 blah. And then I came here. And I learned that Christopher Columbus was not, he did not create America and that like America was not great, that there's a lot of racism and a lot of like prejudice and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do believe they like censored it. I, like I said, I was only there for like third grade. So I don't know if they learned it like in high school and stuff, but a lot of things I learned like when I was already a little bit older here. Mm. So do you think that you are personally affected by racism? And if you, if you're not, if you have not been, then have you, do you know someone that has been? Um, personally, I don't think I've, well, I wouldn't say like racism itself. Cause like, I've had like people that were like of color that were Hispanic that would just say like speak and stuff out of <laughs> being funny. Yeah to me and I'm like that's not really funny like why are you saying that so um but they weren't trying to be racist but like obviously it was racist um but as someone like coming to me and straight up telling me like oh go back to your country like blah 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 um I have never experienced that knock on wood um because that's very horrible um and yes I've known people like um my dad actually he's like he went to jail when he was younger and it was other people of color, like black people, um, um, others, I don't really remember, but they were like racist towards him and like treating him differently because he was Hispanic. And um, hearing that, especially someone that's like, really close to you is like, oh, like, it's, it's kind of like, oh my God, like that's obviously yeah. horrible, you know, but it's like, it's, it may, it also made me realize that, oh, there's racism in the world, you know, not only towards, like, Black people, but also, like, Hispanic, um, Asian, like, other POC. Yeah, I definitely think that, like, racism towards Puerto Ricans and Hispanics in general, it's, like, not really talked about that much. Like, when it comes, to, when it comes to Hispanics, it's supposed to just, like, oh, the immigration problem and how they're stealing our jobs when, like, they're just trying to live their life. American dream and all. Yeah, and, like, it ties in with colorism, too, you know? Like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, racism and colorism within like hispanic people like yeah like we have like hispanic people saying that black women hair is bad hair because it's like tough and mm -hmm. stuff like that like you know and we have hispanics like denying the fact that they have like african-american roots or like like white roots you know what i mean so yeah. it's definitely a problem so how do you feel about our current president do you believe he benefited minorities throughout this presidency <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> Camilla, explicit, explicit. Okay, okay, whatever. But uh, oh, continue. Did you finish the question? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, absolutely freaking not. Um, our current president is well, our current pre president is Biden, but Trump, I guess you're talking yeah. about. Um, I do not. No, like he did not <laughs> do anything for minorities. He literally did exactly the opposite. He even, like, um, in that debate, he even condemned white supremacy. Like, he literally, all he talked about was how he literally wanted to, like, like, immigrants, he wanted to, like, um, bring them back to their country, he wanted to deport them, and yeah. how, like, he 
he literally talks so bad about um black people and how they're like like they're killing each other and how like they're they live they have nothing to lose because where they live is already like you know like he has done absolutely nothing has not raised awareness has not puzzled like anything especially with no. him condemning white supremacy yes i was like how are you gonna say you've done so much for like poc when you're out here like condoning white supremacy it, when he said that he's the best president for minorities since abraham lincoln when then <laughs> then continue to condemn white supremacy Exactly. I'm like, um, take a struggle, me. man. Take a struggle. Okay, so, Pick your poison. Exactly. So, as a student, we were told that we are the future. Going forward, how would you like to see racism being dealt with in our society? What do you, like? What do you mean? Like, so like I'm how would you like to see racism like being improved in a way? Like, so how would you like to see it decreasing in our society? I think that um, it should definitely be, like, obviously taught more in schools. Yeah. Because, like, we're in school more than we are at home. Obviously, like, right now we're at home, but, you know. um, Mm -hmm. We spend more time in school, and I feel like it's very important to, like, especially younger kids. Because, like I said, I didn't learn until I was, like, already older. Because, like, I was like, what the heck? So, I think, like, the... um, america's at least racist past like um slavery and and all this stuff should we should be teaching like i don't know like young because i feel like everybody should be aware of it and i feel like people should not like hide from it like when people are like i don't see color well there is color color. it's not like a bad thing and people are like I don't see color. Like, I see color. Like, that's not a bad thing because there is color. And by acknowledging it, we can bring everyone together if that makes sense. You yeah. know, like, it's not all bad. Like, it's it's not bad that, like, you're black or you're, like, Hispanic. Like, it's not. Like, there is color and we should embrace that 100%. And I think that as a society, as a community, we should all be, like, acknowledging everybody's, like, differences and come together because like that's the only way like america could be truly united if that makes sense yeah just overall not seeing like minorities as a threat yeah okay so that was all the questions i had for you so thank you so much camilla for doing this you're welcome you have a wonderful night ma'am you too honestly you too i'm gonna go take a shower and i'm gonna finish this book period as you should all right bye cam bye bye Okay, so that was Camilla Mejia's, everyone. Up next, we have Kelly Donahue. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome back to POV with Key. I am Key. And for our next guest, we have Kelly Donahue. Hi, Donahue. Hi. So... I am using you as our teacher perspective. So my first question for you is, when did you first realize that racism was a big issue? A big issue. I don't know how to quantify big, but I grew up in a very small white town in New York and right above Westchester. And probably when I went to college is when I realized there was a whole other world besides the world I lived in. And then um, when I came back from college, I distinctly remember um, being around an acquaintance of my father's, so, you know, whatever, 20 years my elder, 
and he asked if there were a lot of coons at school. <laughs> and at that point, I knew what that word meant, you know, and I said, raccoons? <laughs> and he got very uncomfortable. And then my father said, he's asking if there are black people at school. I said, oh, you know, so. <laughs> but growing up, no clue. Okay. Probably not in college. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so growing up in school, you were taught that debate about the basis of racism, such as slavery, segregation, and how those things were dealt with. So do you think that we were censored from how bad it was back then for minorities? I'm sorry, say that again. We were what? From so like, were we censored from how bad it was um, back then for minorities? Um, Censored. I think probably the opposite. I think um, teaching, at least in my experience, from when I was in school, you're taught that racism was a thing, mm -hmm. you know, and then we have the civil rights movement. And so I think you're censored now on how bad it can be because it's not in your face, because mm -hmm. there are no Jim Crow laws, because there are no um, whites only, but I think because it's embedded in our systems, you are censored from that reality. Yeah. Right. It might even be worse per se being in our school where you're surrounded by, you know, students of color and um, your teachers are more in tune with their own bias and systemic racism so that when you go out into the wide world, it might almost be worse. Yeah. Right. You know, like not worse, but you're, you know, not exposed to as much. Yeah. So as an educator, how important is it to you that we celebrate the different cultures and ethnicities and educate on social issues in the classroom? I think it's very important. I, I think that every um, day it should be discussed in one way or another. I think it's important for everyone to be aware of their own thinking, um, of their own you know, exposure to things, of understanding other people's views and how that might affect you and understanding barriers that might be presented to you and how you can work with those, I think it's extremely important. Yeah. So my next question is, um, young minorities are often told that they have to work 10 times harder than anyone else to succeed in society, but also those students get burned out and give up on most often, and most often labeled as the problem student, thus creating the school to prison pipeline. My question to you is, how would you prevent students from becoming victims of the school to school to prison pipeline? You have to work 10 times harder than you get burnt out. Hmm. Um, I think school to prison pipeline, I think there's a lot of issues um, socioeconomically that contribute to that. And I think um, a lot of that has to do with being able to provide assistance outside mm -hmm. the home for students because if there isn't any um, stability, if there isn't any structure outside of school, then then what does school matter, you know? And yeah. If there aren't mentors in your life that show you like, here's a different way of doing things, then you won't value your education. Um, the other side of that is, um, you know, obviously the bias that people can have, teachers and whatnot in school where, you know, if a kid is acting quote unquote aggressively you know that doesn't mean that the student necessarily needs to be arrested that might mean the student needs to have a social worker yeah. that might mean the student needs to have a conversation and i think um sometimes we're a little 
too quick to pull the trigger on punitive versus rehabilitative. But I think the, the other problem, again, goes back to um, support systems, you know. Mm. Do we have enough social workers? Do we have um, crisis interventionists? You know, we don't have those things. And I think um, as a society, we need to shift our priorities. Mm -hmm. So do you believe that the school system does a good job at educating students on topic of racism, such as slavery, segregation, and what's going on in our society today? This kind of ties in with the third, the second, third question. Um, I think in terms of what I've experienced that you guys are aware of my own education. I think the slavery topic and the segregation topic is pretty well covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem lies in, you know, kind of what is going on now, what happened after the civil rights movement? Why are there still issues? Um, denying there's still issues is, is, is big seems counterintuitive, but it's big, you know, people choose not to believe that to be true. And I think there's a big, um, focus on certain populations of um, equality and quote-unquote fairness versus you know equity and needs-based issues mm-hmm. um you know unfortunately with the way media and internet works there's just so much information and disinformation and misinformation and it's just an upward battle yeah to try to educate and educate accurately and, and properly. Mm. All right, so that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you for like doing this for me. No I really appreciate it. All right, I'll see you in class on to Monday. All right, peace out. All right, bye, Danny Hill. Bye. Okay, so that was our teacher perspective. Um, I will be back with you guys with our parent perspective with Ganelle Felder. See you guys soon. Okay, so we are back with POV with Key. I'm your host, Key. And so far, we've heard from our student perspectives and our teacher perspective. So now we're going to see from our parents' perspective on the topic of racism today. Um, For our parent perspective, we have Ganelle Felder. How are you doing, Ms. Felder? Doing great. All right, so my first question I asked all the other interviewees, when did you first realize that racism was a big issue? I think for me, it was, it's different perspective than most people. Growing up, not, I was not born here. So growing up in the Caribbean, we had more of an English influence because the island I grew up in was, um, was an English colony. In the English colony, it's a bit more of a hierarchy in terms of it's your stature, it's who you know, what you know, what you have, um, what you can afford. It's not about your skin color. It's more of your possessions. It's more of of that type of, um, of awareness. So coming to America when I was 18, having been told that I could not do something or could not go somewhere because of my skin color was quite of a setback because I had to rethink um, that made absolutely no sense to me because my skin color does not, um, it does not say what my intelligence is. Mm -hmm. You know, it does not, having an accent does not tell you, I don't think with an accent, you know, it's like, I think normally like everybody else, your skin color does not tell you how far you are or how intelligent you are. So that was 
I had to get accustomed to that type of thinking of where people look at me and assume certain things. Yeah. And that was that was a, that was the first time I think I was probably about 18, 19, mm-hmm. having been told that I could not do something. And I lived in Massachusetts at the time, so being told in that environment that I could not go somewhere. Um, and I was told this by a family member. So it was, well, why couldn't I go? And they explained it. Well, you're a black girl. You can't go there. Well, that made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So people always say that the children are our future. As a parent, do you believe that you are responsible to make sure your child is aware of the social issues going to going on today? Or do you think children should be censored from these controversies? Um, no, children should be aware of everything. If you look in the news and you you have to aware of your heritage, you have to aware of why you do certain things. So you should not be censored in the fact that you you don't know or sheltered. Children shouldn't be sheltered from their situation. You cannot prepare them for life if you're sheltering, if you're being sheltered, mm-hmm. because you're not equipped to handle um, the adversities that will be presented to you if you're sheltered. Yeah. So I think they should be told of everything. All right. So now I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a scenario. Say you and your child are out one day and you or someone else is being racially profiled or discriminated against. How would you feel? How would you handle the situation knowing that your actions may reflect onto your child if they are put into that situation? Well, one of the things I, I usually say, it's like you don't have to be rude or um, be um, have a ghetto mentality to tell somebody, you know, what they're doing is incorrect. So when you're in a situation where someone is telling you um, that you cannot, you cannot do something or they're acting in a manner that makes you a bit aware that, okay, I'm being trailed around the store because I'm black mm-hmm. or I'm being questioned if I could afford something because I'm black, you'd have to then take that, just make yourself aware that this is what is happening and you be the bigger person. You cannot go down to that person's level of ignorance because that's basically what that type of mentality to ignorance. You either educate them or, or and or you just be the bigger person. It's that the perfect scenario that movie that Pretty Woman movie where Julia Roberts went back to the to the dress shop owner and says, you know, big mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's the perfect scenario there. Okay, so I'm gonna throw in a, a little question here. Um, do you think that you are personally affected by racism? And if not, do you know someone that has been? Oh, I know people who who have been, and I have been. It's 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 something that's in my case it's subtle because I'm not. I don't make this. I do not make decisions based on my race. I do not make make decisions based on my background in terms of my culture. So I make decisions for my career based on my abilities. Mm-hmm. So it does not affect me personally as I as I think other people make it affect them. But I know people who do not do certain things, do not take action in terms of their life and their career because well. I'm black, so I can't do all. Well, they won't give that job to a black person. You know, so sometimes we hold ourselves back mm-hmm. 
because we think we're, we, we make ourselves, the first thing we say to ourselves, you're black first. No, you're not black first. Mm -hmm. You know, you being black is, is, is secondary to most, to most things. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, for those who I know, I mean, I have relatives who have been discriminated. I have, I, mean, I have brothers, so they have been profiled in, in different ways. But you always have to be confident in that the person who's doing it is just ignorant. Mm. And it's, it's your own confidence sometimes it's, and that's under attack. Yes, I'm going to throw in another little question here. Um, so from my teacher perspective, we were talking about the school to prison pipeline. Um, you said that you don't make decisions based off your race or like you feel like you can't do a certain thing because of your race. Um, what are your opinions on school to prison pipeline? Like if your child was affected by it, what would you do to help them or support them? Well, I think some of that, some of the things that our system is not set up to, to make um, our black boys and girls proud. Some of it starts in the classroom with teachers just being there for their paycheck. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Teachers make kids feel less than. They don't empower them to make them know that and to know that you know, you can, it, this may be difficult at this time, but let's push through it. Let's push through. Let's just make it work. So we have to first change our school system mm -hmm. because that will, that is one ground of empowering our children. Yeah. The other thing is that, you know, parents need to be more involved. You know, when a parent is involved, the kids tend to call them near helicopter parents, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I prefer to be a helicopter parent so that you can end up having, at the end, a degree. I could. I want to be a helicopter parent so that you can end up being better than I was. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a it's a step process. Just in changing that that pipeline from from school to prison, it's not. It's a, it's a system that has to start one in the household, two in the classroom because it all works together, because our neighborhoods will not be changed unless the people in the neighborhood change. And when that is done, the classrooms have to change. I love that answer. I love that. Okay. Um, now, I know a lot of parents who don't want their child to go out and participate in the protests that are going on today um, because of the dangers that may occur as a parent. Like, obviously, they're worried about their child. Um, do you believe that parents should allow their child to exercise their First Amendment right and participate? Why or why not? That's a hard one for a parent because you don't want your child to go in danger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, watching the news lately, if the Black Lives Matter movement, you would love to say, I, you know, my child was, in, was part of the protest because it builds pride. It, they have a purpose. They want to go out there and have their voices be heard. But at the same time, you know, when it's not just a peaceful protest. You know what is going to happen if, if they get arrested, they can get arrested. And you don't want your child to be in that danger because that record is going to be attached to them for life. Yeah. And therefore that record is as you were just talking about the prison, the pipe, the prison the pipeline. Prison. Yeah. It's it's that start, it starts that downward spiral because now you have a record and it's going to be attached to you. It's going to pre prohibit you from getting certain jobs. It's your options are going to now be limited. Even though you were attending a peaceful protest, some employers will look at the fact that, or they won't look at the fact that it was a peaceful protest and they were not doing anything un, you know, unlawful. 
it would just be you have a record mm -hmm. and therefore your options now for them for later on in life is now limited so it's a it's a hard one to really because you can't really make decisions also on what what can happen in the future but it's something that yes it, it it's a good thing that they can aspire to want to speak their speak their voice and let it be heard but at the same time it's it's a little scary because of what can happen you can't live on what yeah. can happen yeah all right so that was all the questions i had for you um thank you so much for doing this with thanks me. for asking awesome um, questions yeah thank you um so that's all the interviews i had i will we're going to take another break and then i'll be back and we'll talk more about what we learned in this process and come and make a conclusion here um i'll be we'll see you soon guys stay tuned all right, hello everyone and welcome back. It's time to conclude our episode of POV with Key. Aww. All right, so as our topic of discussion was racism, we've seen that there are many different perspectives of racism. There are a couple of things that we can conclude from these perspectives, sorry. <laughs> One being that countries, islands, and US territories outside of America are not aware of the racism in America and what minorities go through on a day-to-day -day basis. Second idea, that our president, Donald Trump, although claims that he is the best president since Abe Lincoln, has done absolutely nothing to support the Black community, as well as other minorities. Last Wednesday being a prime example of that, at the Capitol, when a group of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol in riot. There were no rubber bullets shot, there was not, no mace sprayed, tear gas was not thrown, the SWAT team, National Guard, the Army, the FBI, and the President were nowhere in sight. But last summer in May and June, minorities came together in a peaceful protest, and there were multiple fatalities. Overall, racism is not talked about as much as it should be, and never has been. As a result, children were raised in a world where minorities are told to work to their very best while the majority have the privilege to not worry about as much. If we want to see a change in racism, we must start now and we should start with the youth. As they are told that they are the future, we must provide them with the resources they need to build a better future. So on that note, this concludes our episode of POV with Key, and I'll see you next week when we talk about the LGBTQ plus community. Stay tuned.